Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. running at the moment from Wales taking a toll on this Australian defensive line now the kick over the top Chase is there Troy has scored that is a huge moment in the game Nick Tompkins superbly weighted kick Australia's defence at sixes and sevens Anscombe gets the assist and Wales take control of the match got a rolling more off the back of the line out it's going to be hard to stop from here. Morgan has it in possession. Morgan falls. Morgan scores. There it is. Shut the door. Book your tickets. Australia have had an absolute debacle here in Lyon. Jack Morgan scores the try. Wales bring up 40 points. An historic and ruthless victory for the Welsh against the Wallabies. Zealand, yes, and the Welsh national anthem will be sung many, many times and increasingly so throughout this World Cup because they'll be there at the business end and Australia will not be, it seems. Our show brought to you by Brant, your experts in agriculture and uh, supplies, of course, those beautiful John Deere tractors and all machinery uh, get along to their 17 branches uh, throughout the North Island and make contact with the good people at Brant. Well then, uh, we've got to review that, don't we? And we'll do that uh, very shortly with the Bulletin with Jamie Wall, uh, rugby writer, of course, and uh, we'll talk about Ireland versus South Africa as well, uh, a game which has a lot of bearing on uh, New Zealand's progress, perhaps, in this Rugby World Cup. Can't to leave out the Warriors either. Season over, brave performance, but just uh, simply outplayed uh, by a much sharper Brisbane side, I think it's uh, fair to say. Any other thing, uh, any other assumption than that would be uh, pretty much denial. No one is complaining about uh, the fact that Brisbane went through. Uh, it has um, been a great year, though. Absolutely a phenomenal year for Rugby League and for the Warriors in this country. We'll have a multi just before uh, 11 o'clock, abbreviated show, of course, just going through to midday. And in that uh, second hour... Uh, we'll have uh, Sam Ackerman with us, of course, uh, NRL pundit. Sam's been doing some great work for us on uh, the run home as well. Uh, but uh, time to perhaps review uh, the Warriors' season um, and just look at that performance and uh, maybe looking forward too uh, to the grand final. Now we know it's uh, between uh, Penrith, of course, and the Broncos. We'll have a sports desk. Logan Swinkles is uh, back in the country and back on deck today. Uh, so uh, we'll take a look at uh, some other sports uh, over the weekend. Hasn't been uh, terrific, has it? Uh, Silver Ferns, of course, getting knocked over. Uh, the White Ferns getting knocked over. Hannah Wilkinson getting a red card. And uh, not our best, not our best performance 
uh, over this weekend. We'll have a stumped uh, by Smithy, a chance to uh, get some Castles uh, craft beer and to go into uh, the draw for the Friday multi. Uh, and then we'll have uh, a quick World Cup chat to around about uh, quarter to 12, Logan and I, with a bit of uh, audio coming out of France as well. So a pretty busy next 90 minutes. Sport is our religion. And here is Smithy's Sermon. Well, it would be easy to put the boot in to Australia, and uh, we've been threatening to do so for quite some period of time, but I've just been watching the review um, on television in particular, and they're kicking themselves. Uh, so there's not a lot of point in us doing it, and they are looking very closely at uh, what it has uh, meant. And they're not just isolating this performance. I think everyone that uh, has followed Australian rugby in the last five years or so has seen that this might be a possibility, certainly in the last six months. Uh, Eddie now has uh, had eight cracks to try and get a victory. He's got one. One out of eight. He's beaten Georgia. Georgia, yes, by just 20 points. Even there was uh, the writing on the wall. So how much done uh, damage has this done to uh, rugby in Australia? You'd say quite a lot. You'd say quite a lot because he's a sport that is fighting. It's fighting for its fair share of the pie as it is. It's way back in the pecking order in certain states and it's not going to be improved by the fact that uh, this has been awful. You need World Cups to inspire kids. You need World Cups performances uh, to keep people interested in the game and attract fringe people to the game. Sponsors, supporters, bums on seats. This will take a lot of the way, a lot of that away. Um, Eddie was on the big screen often towards the end of that match because the, I think the director had a nasty sense. He must have had a run in with uh, Eddie over a period of time as well. Uh, Eddie got booed every time his face was on the big screen. 50-odd thousand people, uh, all the ones in yellow, booing Eddie Jones. Warren Gatlin, standing ovation when he appeared on the sideline. That is the difference. Now, there's two coaches with a lot of similarity. Uh, they've taken over Rebels. Was it a Rebel under Dave Rennie? People will say maybe Dave Rennie would have done better with the squad. But Warren Gatlin took over a Rebel, and he's got them to this point. And that's why he got a standing ovation, and that's why he lives to fight on. Australian rugby probably has hit rock bottom. It probably has hit rock bottom, and maybe uh, a lot of people are saying this is exactly what it needed. What I will say is, are there lessons to be learnt here by us? Is this a shot over our bow? Our junior World Cup team beaten very soundly. Our state of our rugby in this country at club level and junior level looking a little bit shaky at times. No one's going. Is this a shot over our bow that we should take some absolute notice of? One of the positives that came out of that for me this morning, Wayne Barnes' performance as a referee. Now, I'm a big critic of referees, you know that. Big critic of officialdom in, in, when it comes to sport. But this, this was a really good performance of clear communication, of letting players know and understanding why. How many yellow cards? How many red cards? How many lectures? How many? It was none. Wayne Barnes controlled that match to the way rugby should be controlled. So I take my hat off to him as well. A really bad morning for Australia, but not a bad morning for officialdom in rugby. The Bulletin.
right, uh, Bulletin now with uh, Jamie Wall, of course, the esteemed rugby writer who has uh, been travelling uh, following the All Blacks, but of course he's seen a lot of Wallabies teams over the years. So, Jamie, um, what do you feel after watching that performance this morning? Yeah, kia ora, good morning, Smithy. I, to be honest, I'm, I'm pretty sad uh, because I, as much as we love beating Australia, I think we love competing with Australia uh, the most, and and we need them to be uh, a strong adversary for us in order to feel good about about winning the Blazers Cup, about you know beating them in the Tri Nation, uh, the Rugby Championship, and and at the World Cup, it, it's going to mean more. And and the state that they're in at the moment is just so bad. Like I don't think it's ever really been worse than this uh, in at least my lifetime, anyway. Uh, it takes away from what should be a very healthy and competitive relationship between uh, the All Blacks and the Wallabies. So I I mean, on the other hand, I have to give Wales a massive amount of credit because, you know, they were in absolute disarray uh, a year ago and to the point where Warren Gatland himself was questioning whether he'd made the right call to go back. To, so to see the way that they've turned things around um, with what was a pretty impressive win over Fiji and then a very impressive performance tonight because you, you, you can't pin this all on the Wallabies being terrible. Like Wales were very good in that game. They, they were mm. very efficient uh, and did, did executed a, a very um, a game plan that suits what uh, the strengths of their squad, which is what Warren Gatland is very good at with Wales. You know, he's managed to take uh, a team of guys that, uh, he doesn't have the same sort of player resources that you have uh, in New Zealand or, or or other or England or other places, and and get the most out of what he's got, and and they're certainly doing that. Um, so you know, credit to them. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, the the real story here is just how bad the Wallabies have got, and you're really looking now at what was a very controversial coaching appointment in Eddie Jones. You know, it really felt like it could go one way or the other, and unfortunately for the Wallabies, it's gone about as badly as possible. It has gone very, very bad um, to the point where um, your head coach is on a screen in the middle of France. You're Australian and he's getting roundly booed. Um, uh, and it was very interesting to hear uh, Sonny Bill after uh, the game really pointing the finger. He said, I would never run out and give my heart and soul to a coach who apparently has been negotiating with another country before he even starts this tournament. Yeah, well, that's a story that's going to be unravelling over the next few days um, and it'll be very interesting to know what's what's really going on there but it seems like the the reporting on it seems to be pretty accurate uh, and I, I have to agree with Sonny on that <laughs> that's uh, if, if that if everything that's being said is true that's a terrible look for Eddie Jones I mean as if he couldn't have fallen further in the in the estimations of um, not just Wallabies fans but just people everywhere uh, if that if that's true, I mean, it, it, he's an absolute charlatan for for what um, what he's not only done, the damage that he's done to the the image of Australian rugby. Like no one was sort of expecting them to win the World Cup or anything like that, but to turn every press press conference opportunity uh, into something that's all about himself and um, you know consistently just taking the team backwards to the point where. I think it was about an hour into the game where one play that just summed it up for me was Tate McDermott had it at the back of the ruck and just mm. aimlessly just booted the ball in the air and, and all of the Wallabies players just stood around and did nothing until the ball was on its way down. 
and then McDermott realised he had to do something, and then it ended up just hitting one of the Wallabies and it was offside, and, and none of them reacted it, to it at all. And bang, it was another three points to Wales. It put them up about 20 points ahead. And none, all of them were just sort of standing there going, oh, well, that's us. You know, that was the, the, the look of resignation on their faces. And I think that just sums up just the way everything felt. And that post-match broadcast was some of the most compelling sports television I've seen in a long time. And it really kind of showed, I think, uh, the way that it should be, you know, when in, in terms of just being honest and being open about things, because you had uh, the, the exactly the sort of people you wanted to be talking after that. You had Michael Hooper, a guy who's been dropped, who was very classy in the way that he defended Eddie Jones. But on the other hand, you had Sonny Bill saying, saying what he said, and, and, and you can completely understand why why he did that. And it's not like Sonny Bill Williams is a hot take merchant. He's not a guy, who's, he's not even a journalist. And he's saying stuff like that. I, I thought it was really, uh, I was glued to the television watching that, and, and it really got you kind of going, if anyone from Sky Sports listening, like, that's what you need after a game? You know, mm. that's what you need before a game? That's what is going to keep people watching, and therefore keep people watching your ad breaks? Uh, so, you know, if you can do that on a consistent basis, you, you know, you're really going to be able to um, up, your, up your audience. I totally agree. Uh, we, we could talk about this for hours. We've only got uh, about three minutes, Jamie. But So um, we'll move on because uh, there was a game, of course, of huge significance to us over the weekend. Ireland 13, South Africa 8. So for all intents and purposes now, it looks like us and Ireland. Yeah, that's correct, uh, and I I think that it was, you know, the the, the All Blacks probably thought about that anyway, um, started prepping for that. Hopefully, taking what they learnt from last year and um, and the losses that there was that was sustained to to Ireland, but also I think that the other thing that is is kind of got lost in this is that Ireland are going to have to come in off the back of playing Scotland as well. Um, so, you know, they've had three big tough test matches leading into this, whereas the All Blacks have had that game against France. They've had a long, they've had in Namibia, they've had a long break, and then they've got two relatively easier games. I'm still sort of wondering whether Italy's going to be able to give us a bit of a touch-up. But um, just what sort of shape Ireland's in by the time they get into the quarterfinals might be a, a pretty deciding factor in this game. It absolutely must be. Uh, all right, OK. Uh, and just a final word on the Warriors? Yeah, I was lucky enough to be in Brisbane uh, over the weekend. Um, I just have to say that, you know, the outpouring of emotion and support for the Warriors by the fans, both by people who travelled over there and, of course, the massive amount of Kiwis who live in the area was really something else. Like, I I haven't seen that sort of support um, for a New Zealand sports team, you know, since probably the Boxing Day test back in 2019. Just people just really willing to let themselves go, you know, and just really have a good time. Uh, In the end, I think people left... You know, disappointed by the loss, but at the same time, really proud of the way that the Warriors managed to take themselves to the point of being premiership contenders. Because if you look at where they were this time last year, they were in absolute shambles. You know, like that, there was uh, serious question marks over like what what the future of the club was going to be like. And for Andrew Webster to turn that round in a year uh, and have people talking about like, wow, you know, next year's going to be better. Uh, we've, we're going to sign some guys in the off-season. We've got RTS coming in. Um, the future's looking really bright for the Warriors all of a sudden. It just goes to show just the little variables, and it goes back to what we're talking about with the Wallabies, like just how much of a co- um, uh, how much of an impact a coaching appointment has on an organisation, not just the team itself, but everything, like the relationship with the media, the perception of the fans, 
uh, and therefore the amount of people who are coming through the gates and what, how they're talking about it, how they're talking about it on social media. Because to be honest, like right now, you could post anything you want about the Warriors on social media and it's going to get a bunch of likes, a bunch of clicks, everything. It's a, it's a total free hit. So well done to the Warriors, uh, not just on the field but off it as well. Jamie Wall, absolutely fantastic uh, quick summation there of uh, two or three very big events over uh, the weekend. We thank you for your time, mate. Have a terrific week. Cheers, Murphy. Appreciate it, mate. You got to know when to hold up. Know when to fold up. Smithy's multi. Know when to walk away. And know when to run. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Right, Eagles to beat the Bucks at a dollar forty today, and then the Bengals to follow up by beating the Rams at a dollar seventy four, and then later uh, the Black Caps uh, to beat Bangladesh. Uh, I think they'll knock them over. So uh, we multi out at about four dollars twenty for that one, about four dollars twenty. So um, Eagles into Bengals into Black Caps as your multi for today. Black Caps actually are the slight underdogs there, but I think on the back of what they did there the other night, I think they'll build from that, and this surely due to make uh, some sort of a start at the top of the order. A few texts as well. Um, Rick saying Steve Divide uh, nailed it on commentary. Super rugby is for entertainment. Test rugby is a totally different beast. Uh, Chris saying Smithy, all the ex-Wallabies were celebrating when they sacked Rennie for Eddie Jones. Um, someone else is coming out. I think 100% this is a warning shot for us, is it? Yeah, I think you could be right. I really think New Zealand and Oz need to get over having digs at each other, come together and come up with a plan to get us two back to the top of world rugby. We need us to be good, even at the island nations, the sporting institutes, the studies, the high-performance schools from college, rugby's down the pan, uh, down the pan in both countries. Uh, the real problem I can see when they got rid of all the junior rugby competition, you can see the knock-on effect of being taught that winning is a bad thing. God, Josh, how good is that? that that's the kind of text, for me anyway, that could be bottled. Josh, that's an absolute beauty. It's coming up to 11 o'clock. We'll focus on the league and the Warriors after the break with Sam Ackerman. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Payne Haas wants to ball play this time. Out the back, Reese Walsh on this right-hand edge. Reese Walsh gets away. Martin to Ford. That's got to be Ford. That's a mile forward. Gerard Sutton, what are you doing? Jordan Ricky goes in. That is the most forward pass I have ever seen. I have never seen a pass more forward than that. That is unbelievable. That is shameful. Shameful officiating. He can't call it back either, Gerard Sutton. But you've had an absolute shocker here. It was an absolute shocker. In the end, the margin was big enough that uh, Jared Sutton got out of jail. But in all honesty, uh, you should not get a grand final appointment on that decision alone. Uh, and that, uh, whoever your assistant referee or your touch judge is, uh, just take some time out and just take a look at what uh, you could have done. In the end, uh, perhaps uh, it wasn't uh, the one that broke the camel's back. That might have been broken slightly before that. But however, it could have been a decision uh, that had a big, big bearing on the match. Uh, you could hear the passion and the frustration in Sam Hewitt's voice there calling it with Kempe in the background. And didn't they do a great job over the course of the whole rugby league season on Warriors games? Uh, but those frustrations were mirrored by many at home. 
uh, screaming at their TVs, so taking to social media over that forward pass. Uh, and in the end, uh, they were pretty soundly beaten on the scoreboard, uh, but that kind of thing doesn't help. So, uh, yeah, got a message from overseas as well, have we? Logan? We do, we do. No Vossi this morning, but of course uh, we've got Sam Ackerman okay. waiting on the line, just as capable, great man. Uh, you can catch him on uh, SNZ, the run home later today as well from 3pm. Uh, but Vossi and Brandy, little message for you, Smithy. Good morning, Smithy. I've got uh, Brandy alongside me. And look, um, we want to wax lyrical about the Warriors because there's lots to celebrate the season, but let's start with the forward pass. Brandy, I'm going to say it's not quite the Trevor Chapel underarm. <laughs> it's not quite that incident. But bloody hell. Uh, I think Sam Hewitt had it right in the SENZ call. It's one of the biggest forward passes of all time. It was, Vossi. And, and at that stage, the game was 24-12. The Warriors had got themselves back into it. But uh, after that try was allowed, off the one of the most blatant forward passes I've ever seen, uh, which will certainly cost Jared Sutton. But let's not dwell on that because... Uh, the Warriors have had a fantastic season, and they have been uh, one of the storylines. As there is through a, a, a regular season, there's plenty of storylines that come out of it. But the Warriors making the top four, uh, terrific. Andrew Webster has done a, a wonderful job with this group of players. The resurrection of Sean Johnson, um, arguably the best player in the, the, the competition this season. And I, I think the highlight of their year was the semi-final win against Newcastle. That that was definitely one of the best days for Rugby League, uh, not just for the NRL, but, but for Rugby League in New Zealand. And I think what the Warriors have done for the game in New Zealand this year, uh, well, I, I don't think it can be measured. Yeah, well, well, if I was to put a score on it, and I know this may sound odd because they haven't made the grand final, I am giving the Warriors a 9 out of 10. From where they've come to where they have finished, and they achieved two major things this year, the R word and the C word. The R word is resilience, the C word is consistency. And that, if they can continue that on, that is, they're the, they're the foundation stones for a very good side. Uh, great mix of talent. Some young blokes also got to emerge this year. Really excited about next season, but well done to Andrew Webster and the Wallabies. Lock me in for Johnson, Dalliem and Webster, Joint Coach of the Year with Kevin Walters. Did I say the Wallabies? <laughs> Did I say the Wallabies? They're on the braid. They're knocked out of the World Cup, Smithy. The Warriors, up the Wars, <laughs> down the Wallabies. Uh, Freudian slip there from... <laughs> that was fantastically recovered from, from Vossi. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Uh, greatly appreciate the summation there. Uh, yes, it was 24-12, so uh, it probably would have had a, a bearing on a possible... Uh, Warriors comeback, but uh, we'll talk to that now with uh, Sammy Ackerman who joins us. Sam, uh, thanks uh, so much uh, for your time and your contributions on the NRL throughout the years. Uh, I just uh, wonder what you make of it uh, at full time the other night. Yeah, morning, Smithy. Been beyond my pleasure, mate. Always uh, love coming and uh, speaking with you guys uh, on the show. Uh, listen, as far as the the season goes, uh, this is a season beyond the imaginations of the most passionate uh, Warriors supporter. As far as what the Warriors are now at this stage of the season, what they are not just to those who follow the club closely, but the, to the entire country and even to the NRL, what they are now to where they started the year. No one could have mapped that out. No one could have predicted that even if the Warriors went on a tear, uh, that they would be able to achieve what they have as far as being 
a club of the status that they are now. And people already, you listen to, you know, seasoned veterans. And I know that uh, that Vossi has uh, certainly always been, say, let's say, more uh, Warriors sympathetic uh, and appreciative than every member of the Australian media. But you can you can hear in their voice the Warriors are highly regarded now. Not just it wasn't just a what a great run, what a great season, well done, you guys. They sense something. People sense that the Warriors have more to give than just a great season push from what they've seen, and they should. It's virtually the same squad. What you saw play in the weekend is basically see you later, Bailey Surinan, uh, and welcome in um, Roger Tuivasa-Shek and Chanel Harris-Tavita. That, that's, that's the scenario of what the squad you've got for next year goes, and a whole bunch of people tasting that level of, of uh, footy, seeing what it feels like to be embraced the way they have by uh, the sporting public, the rugby league public, and just New Zealand in general. Uh, there is huge signs of positivity, and I remember vividly the feeling at uh, amongst those who love this club when they finished 15th and within a, a whisker of the wooden spoon last year. Anything up was was a step up was the only way to go. But this isn't a step up. This is jumping on an escalator on steroids and just bolting to the top. Like to, yes, short of the grand final, short of the dream, but. If, I've got to reiterate, this season has been a dream season for the Warriors. It's, we've got lots to, uh, a lot of machinations over what could have been and what should have been. We're, we're going to talk about that personally, but don't let anything uh, lend that to a, a negative finish to what has been a season that is going to live forever in the eyes and memories of so many people. Can we just go a little bit game-specific here? And, and I think yep. we should, uh, Sam, we were... I think we were burnt by uh, all the offloads they were able to get away and just a little bit of perhaps extra space. I mean, we, we love to hate Reese Walsh, but boy, can he get quick after a standing start. No matter what you feel about Reese Walsh, anyone who tells you that he's not one of the most gifted footballers you've seen on the NRL field in, uh, in decades is, is talking through a hole in the backside. He, his skill level is... Phenomenal. He has great skill, and what and what you've got to respect about him as well is with all that skill, he uses an awful lot of energy in his in his uh, time to try to put others into holes. It's not all about trying to find that glory moment himself. He is his uh, his try assist tally uh, blows his try tally out of the water, and there's not a lot of um, speed machines that find themselves uh, in that position. So, yeah, the, the offloads was were huge, and, and there's a couple of real uh, massive turning ones with that where the Warriors had done all the hard work. They'd picked up the forward. They'd driven him back. They're about to be dominant tackle, but they had hold of the guy and not the ball, and the ball got squeezed out the back to uh, and a Broncos team that was alert and ready and waiting for set offload, and away they marched back up the field to uh, well in front of where the, that tackle started. So it, it's they played a, a really smart... Um, but still ad-lib game plan the Broncos. They they were easily the better side uh, on the night. The, everyone involved in the Warriors would uh, tell you that. They they played uh, their opportunities. And what they did after that helter-skelter first half, they just kept putting the Warriors back in their 20 and say, go on then, make it happen. And that yeah. pressure told. And uh, look, the, the forward pass and the timing of it in the match, the Warriors were... In the match, they were 12 points out. We've seen the Warriors come back from far greater than that uh, this season uh, and prove that they can compete in the back end of a game. 
but there's nothing that I saw that said the Warriors were about to turn that game. The Warriors had tried for 15-odd minutes of trying to do something, trying to produce something, but the, but the uh, Broncos rather had the, uh, the run of that game uh, and they were making busts. And yes, a, a horrendous call. And it absolutely changed the direction of the match from where it was. And it was that, that was actually the moment that broke um, the camel's back. Absolutely that straw, Smithy. Um, it wasn't earlier because the, they hadn't given up yet. After that, there was some strange decisions like the almost consensus call to try to uh, use one of the captain's challenges where uh, it was never going to work out. There was uh, some bad choices made uh, on on attack and defence because after that, it wasn't a stay in the grind, we can do this, it's only a couple of tries. It went straight to the, we've got to try for miracle plays. And that's what led to the score line blowing out. The the score beyond that was completely irrelevant. The Broncos could have put another five tries on, it it wouldn't have mattered, or they could have scored two or three less, wouldn't have mattered either. So um, that was just the way that that finals go and you take a look exactly what happened the night before too when it when the result goes beyond question the score line and, and those prelim finals are kind of beyond the beyond the point of the conversation so uh, we were been waxing lyrical about uh, Penrith for quite some time but I, when I look at the speed the effectiveness there was a 20 minute period there when I thought the Broncos were every bit as good as the Panthers might be but can they match them over 80 minutes this weekend I'll, I'll say no, uh, and that's not a knock on the Broncos. The Broncos are the best attacking side in the NRL this year and one of the best we've seen in a, in a long time. Uh, and They've got potential to get better and better. That said, defence wins premierships and the defensive capabilities of the Storm, oh, sorry, of the Panthers as they showed against the Storm are staggering, as they showed against the Warriors too. They are, you, you can take a look at the scores that they've um, put on, sure. Take a look at the scores they've conceded. Take a look at what they did defensively in that final uh, round of the season against a desperate Cowboys side that had everything to play for. So a spot in the, in the playoffs loomed if they could pull themselves together. And they strangled them out of it. This Broncos side uh, can put pressure on, but the Panthers absorb it. They've been to the last couple of grand finals. Nothing will phase them on this occasion. Uh, the Panthers will have to be slightly off their game more than maybe even a bit more than slightly off their game, and the Broncos are going to, have to be at the absolute top of their game for any other result than a, a, a Panthers hat trick. I can't, I, and that's not a slight on what anyone else can bring. That's how good mm. this Panthers side is. They are amazing. Okay, right, uh, Dally M's um, this week. So uh, a few of the Warriors having returned home to a hero's welcome last night, uh, back on the plane to head uh, back over. Who are the candidates here from a Warriors point of view? So of the, those who've been nominated, uh, Sean Johnson's up for halfback of the year, um, and obviously uh, his, we're hoping very much so his name's read out for the Supreme Award. Uh, the, if he gets halfback of the year, that's a, 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 a great achievement uh, on its own if you win that over someone like Nathan Cleary. But uh, I, I really like uh, his chances there. Tohu Harris is up for both lock forward and captain of the year, and I, I don't mind him for uh, for one of those awards, quite frankly, and I especially think as uh, captain of the year, he's been huge in the way the uh, fortunes have been changed for the Warriors. Uh, now, we know that the uh, the results go behind closed doors as far as player voting goes, uh, as far as the points you can pick up through the season for those Delhi M's, but the coach of the year scenario, I'm, I'm not quite as certain what they how they view that, because who's voting, where's it, you know, how has it been looked at, and it's not 
that's not viewed in the same um, public context of picking up points throughout the season as much as is an assessment of where they get there. And certainly the last couple of weeks may have had some kind of influence. And I, I can absolutely listen to a call for Ivan Cleary to be coach of the year as well. I can. But if the case was just the, the, best, the best coach um, of the top team, winning it, then there wouldn't really be a conversation in a year, would it? Uh, and quite frankly, Smithy, you and I could have potentially coached that Panthers side after all the hard work that's been done to get them to the start of the season. We probably coached them to a top eight finish, you know, like they, they are that well-oiled and they are that good. Not knocking Nathan, uh, Ivan Cleary, he achieved all that with them over the years before. So it is a uh, one for me that I, I really think Andrew Webster deserves it. It's my personal opinion. He doesn't have the resource. He didn't have the, the luck of the draw, uh, the, everything working their way, playing on the, the preferred nights at all time that the Broncos get. Um, so I think what he's achieved is, is substantially greater than what um, Kevin Walters was. He's, he finally delivered them what they should be doing, whereas he's taken the Warriors to a level that no one thought was possible. So I'd like to see that away. Uh, as far as the other New, New Zealand Warriors players in contention, uh, Wade Egan's up for hooker of the year. A bit of a press, but um, I'm glad he's recognised there. And Dallin's up for uh, for wing of the year too. But there's some outstanding con- uh, contenders there in the, in the form and consistency of, say, someone like Brian Tottle might be hard to get past too. So, uh, you know, it's great to see the Warriors so well represented and uh, take the example of when Roger Tuivasa-Shek went where he only up for a couple of awards as a club uh, that day. And uh, here they'll be mentioned regularly and consistently up there with the best mm-hmm. and finest in the NRL. And they're not going to look out of place. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right on that. I think they're going to get some gongs. I certainly do. Hey, Sam, you should get one too, actually, for your contribution to our station for your rugby league and your work on the run home as well. Thanks for your time, mate, and appreciate your thoughts throughout the season. It's been great. Thanks, mate. We are looking to chat a lot more on the uh, the run home too. We've got some pretty cool guests, and we got uh, actually speaking to Dakota Kai, uh, New Zealand wrestling in the WWE today. So looking forward to that one. Okay, Sam, we'll make sure to look out uh, from 3 o'clock on was there, Sam Ackerman, this afternoon on a run home. Uh, cheers, man. It's 11.18 here on SCNZ. Turn up the volume. We're crossing live to the sports desk. What's fresh? What's making waves? Let's find out. Radio Logan Swinkles is uh, in the hot chair and courtesy of Polaris with all their uh, wonderful specials. Uh, particularly on the Polaris Ranger 1000, where you can get a $5,000 uh, package, which is uh, a free roof, a windscreen, rear panel, wiper kit, and tow hitch. It's amazing value, isn't it? Uh, check out uh, with Polaris, uh, wonderful side-by-side dealers. Uh, Logan, go, uh, good morning. Welcome back to the show. What have you got lined up for us this morning? Thanks, mate. Uh, let's go to the White Ferns first. They uh, played South Africa overnight. Uh, first ODI in their series there. Top order for the White Ferns, uh, not going so well there, Smithy. Susie Bates, uh, one. Mealy Kerr, 22. Sophie Devine, five. And uh, Maddie Green, five. And it wasn't until Brooke Halliday came in that things um, started to steer in the right direction. She got 76. But the awesome news here, Smithy, is alongside a Hannah Rowe, Hannah Rowe got her first ODI half century uh, scoring 52. This is what she had to say post-match. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's... Um really gutting for us to not get a win to start. We really, um, yeah, we're hoping to get one on the board. Um, yeah, like you said, I guess from a personal level, it was, it was nice to um, contribute to the team today. But, yeah, obviously it would have been a lot nicer if we'd um, got the win in the end. Okay, just uh, based on your batting performance, uh, coming in batting uh, with Brooke as well, um, how was that rebuilding the innings from, I think you guys were 55 for 5 at one stage? 
Yeah, good. Um, I think it was just really important for us to get a partnership going together. Um, we were battered together recently in a warm-up game, and so we're starting to learn, I guess, how to get to know how the other people um, play in the middle order. So, yeah, uh, it was nice to be able to get out there and, and put a rebuilding phase in. It was um, tough work, though. So the White Ferns went on to lose uh, by four wickets there, Smithy. They totaled 235. The South Africans chased that down with 17 balls remaining. So, you know, not great news, but it's probably not as bad as uh, what we've heard coming out of the Football Ferns camp. Smithy, after this. Referee calling a halt to proceedings, and I think this is a card for... A red card for Hannah Wilkinson. Hannah Wilkinson here with the... Or she's reached out and she's made contact with the referee's assistant. Not good, Smithy. Uh, you want to know what the minimum penalty is under FIFA for touching an official? Plenty, I would be thinking, rightly so. 15 matches. 15 matches. 15. So you imagine if FIFA do take this up, uh, that's, yeah, she's probably rubbed out of the, uh, the Olympics, I would say. Well, yeah, I mean, is it 15 matches of all football or 15 matches of international football? If it's international football, that's career over. Mm. That, that's done because it's going to take New Zealand quite some time to play uh, 15 matches. I'm, uh, if it's club, club football, um, then she may well be available uh, a little bit sooner. Um, but maybe, it, uh, I'm not sure, actually. I don't know what her reasoning was. I haven't uh, got inside her head or even uh, has anyone even asked why she did it. Uh, but I did see that the coach was most disappointed uh, with her actions. She said, "We can't, you can't do that. Uh, that's out, it's outrageous." Uh, so she's not backing her player up uh, in any regard here. And so that is a very uh, poor moment in the career, a very proud career of Hannah Wilkinson. Uh, let's hope it's not the last moment for her, uh, Logan. But yeah. uh, that is that is bad. That is really bad. Yeah, but I, I think uh, Yoko Kim Clover needs to take that stance as well and show that. You know, they won't stand for that kind of thing. Yes, bit of a brain explosion. We get frustrated from time to time when things don't go our way, right? But you can't touch an official. So hopefully if FIFA see that the football ferns do take this seriously, maybe they'll be a bit more lenient. Maybe they won't, you know, <laughs> go to a judiciary or anything like that. It remains to be seen. But also in other, other news, Smithy, you've probably heard over the weekend that uh, Liam Lawson, not going to get the seat that he wants yet in Formula One, but again, doing us proud in Japan. Squeeze to the outside of the circuit. There's a move here between the two Alpha Tauris. Yeah, and it's Yuki Sonoda on the inside of his teammate Liam Lawson as they go wheel to wheel through the Dunlop curve. And it looks like just as we get to the deck, there's one that they're still going for it here, I was going to say. It looks like Liam Lawson's got ahead. They have to be so, so careful there. So what, the pride of Hastings there, Smithy, uh, started 11th on the grid. That's where he finished ahead of uh, AlphaTauri uh, teammate uh, Sonoda. But they're sticking with him and uh, Daniel Ricciardo next season. You can imagine, though, uh, maybe not next year, but the year after, full-time gig coming his way, surely. Well, I've contracted him, I see, on a, a more a, a backup sort of reserve. Uh, and he'll drive cars at certain events and... and you know, he'll test cars and things for them. So they've, they may well have locked him in on that regard. I, he might want to just stay a bit more patient mm. um, because, you know, he's obviously uh, not just uh, uh, taken the notice of that team, but, uh, you know, they're, they're very close in what they do. I, I wouldn't mind betting that he, he gets some, some drives next year at some point. So uh, we'll just, uh, <coughs> just, it's just brilliant, actually, that what, what he's been able to do. 
I just looked up the, uh, just to wrap up the sports desk, sports desk here, Smithy, looking up the NFL scores. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs are up 41-0 against the Bears. There's six minutes left in that third quarter. Uh, so that does my fantasy team wonders, no doubt, because I've always picked Travis Kelsey. But speaking on that, Smithy, you've you've kind of ruined my day with some of the news that you brought forward. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I and it, honestly, it doesn't even interest me that greatly. But I just saw it and I thought, really, really. That is, of course, if, if you're wondering, uh, Taylor Swift apparently dating uh, Travis Kelsey, and she's in the stands there with Kelsey's mum. Awesome family, uh, Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey. Great story there. If you ever want to know more about it, look it up. There's a great documentary done by uh, ESPN on those two. But, yeah, NFL scores there. 41-0 to the Chiefs. Cowboys and Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals are leading 21-13 there towards the end of the third quarter. Panthers and Seahawks. The Seahawks are up 15-13. They're in the red zone. Three minutes to go in that third quarter as well. Uh, Big one later today, though, Smithy. Steelers and the Raiders, both 1-1. Bit of uh, Sunday night football, Monday night for us, and then Tuesday, a couple of big ones there, the Eagles and the Buccaneers, and the Rams and the Bengals. Oof, looking forward to that one, Smithy. Okay, cool. And we can just tell you on golfing news, we love to give you Monday morning updates on the golf. Uh, Stephen Elko, the best performed of the New Zealanders over the weekend. Uh, two under the day, finished nine under in a tie for fifth in the latest uh, Champions uh, Tour event there at Pebble Beach. Right, okay, it's uh, 11.30, it's been a different kind of a morning, abbreviated because, uh, of course because of the rugby, but we can still do uh, one or two of our features, that includes uh, the Stump Smithy. Uh, so here's your opportunity to call us now, 0800 150 811, 0800 150 811. You go and draw for the Friday freebie, and of course uh, we've got some great Castles Craft beer to give to you as well. 0800 150 811, here's the news at uh, 11.30 with Araha. Ian Smith's had a good match here. Stumped by Smithy. Ian Smith really is top class at his job. Right, 11.34 here on SENZ. Uh, quick fire show this morning, but uh, we've still got time for one of the features and for a chance to you to be winners here. Logan, who have you got on the line? Oh, first at the crease, Smithy. Going go for a bit of a Waikato vibe here. Jade from Hamilton first. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, good, man. And yourself? Good, good to be back in uh, Aotearoa, that's for sure. Uh, so you know how the game is played. Of course, we've got the uh, six-pack of Castles Craft Beer up for grabs, and you can go in for the draw for the Friday freebie. Everyone that is in the line today is in line for that as well. Categories to choose from are NFL, Major League Baseball, and Cricket. Take your pick. Uh, we'll go Cricket. All right, good luck. Taking on uh, Smithy and Cricket. Love it, love it. First question for you. Hannah Rowe scored her first ODI half century overnight with 52 against South Africa. But who was the White Ferns' top scorer in that match? Uh, One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. No, Amelia just managed to scratch together 22. Smithy. Yeah, well, I've been following this girl because there were big raps on her for quite some time. Big, big raps on her for quite some time. And I thought to myself, hmm, interesting. Very interesting. Uh, finally come up uh, with uh, the goods. She's had a number of opportunities, but it is, uh, unfortunately, I, I've followed this. So, Jade, it's Brooke Halliday. Just a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. 
Yeah, also pays, <laughs> pays to pay attention, right, Smithy? Because I literally mentioned it about five minutes ago. Uh, mm, next yeah. to the crease, we're staying in the Waikato and we're going to Huntley. Brett, how you doing, mate? Uh, bonjour, uh, Logan. Good, thank you, my break. <laughs> Smithy, <laughs> I good. will tell you, uh, my, my French and McCarty's French, not very good. Very much scraped by, but uh, appreciate those words. How, how's your cricket knowledge, mate? Uh, let's just say that I doubt it's as good as Smithy's. <laughs> All right. Well, second question for you. England are playing a three-match ODI series against Ireland. In the second ODI, there was a vast difference in cap numbers. So here's a simple 50-50 for you. Which team had more experience? I'm picking that the uh, English would have rolled out a second string team, so I'll, I'll say Ireland. Just a couple of chips down the wicket, oh. right in the slot, and away <laughs> it goes. Yeah. Now, Smithy, you, you'll love this. England, 38 caps. Ireland, 720. <laughs> Yeah, Ireland, uh, when you make the Irish cricket team, you're there for life. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, there are some boys in there who have played some seriously number of games. Uh, good fellas, good servants of the game, but yeah, they, they love the opportunity. No, that was a, a, a very smart question, but an even smarter answer. <laughs> Buttering them up. All right, Brett, last question for you. The Aussies struggled against India in their warm-up match ahead of the World Cup, losing by 99 runs under the DLS method. Two Indian bowlers took three wickets. Can you name one of them? Uh, uh, Ravi Ashwin? Can you say that again? Ravi Ashwin? Just a couple of chips down the wicket, right yeah, in the good. slot, and away it goes. Yeah, correct, Ashwin. Three for 41, Jadeja three for 42. So not much there between them, Smithy. No, they're two spinners, of course. Uh, you would expect they'd have some sort of uh, performance. The interesting thing about Ashwin is uh, initially left out of the World Cup squad for India, uh, waiting on the fitness test of Aksar Patel to see if Ravi Ashwin can perhaps be reintroduced into that World Cup squad. Uh, but uh, he's a player that would make any other, I mean, he would make any other World Cup team around the world. But that's uh, an indication of how strong India, India feel they are coming into this World Cup. Uh, but terrific. Uh, well done. Uh, great effort, Brett, uh, to come through with the goods there. Uh, you shall be getting um, that uh, six-pack of uh, Castle's uh, craft beer. You will also, of course, be in the draw for the Friday freebie. Have a terrific week, mate. Thank you. Thank you, team. Cheers. Uh, Brett from Huntley there is the winner. We'll be back very shortly. Uh, we're going to catch up with uh, Logan Swinkles because he has been in France, like, uh, unlike with most of us um, who uh, have to stay at home. Uh, it's been great. He had a fortnight over there with uh, Daniel McCarty, including the uh, All Blacks' first game uh, up against France, and then, of course, uh, the Namibia game as well. So on deck for both of those. We just might get a bit of flavour, I think, a bit of fan flavour or just a bit of an experience flavour uh, out of uh, someone that's been there. That's Logan Swinkles coming up next. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Radio uh, number of texts we'll try to get to shortly, but first I really would like to hear from Logan, who uh, luckily has been uh, on our behalf, SENZ's uh, behalf, uh, across to uh, France for the first fortnight of uh, the World Cup. Back home now to put all our uh, wonderful digital stuff together on the cup, etc., and many other things. But uh, he was uh, riding shotgun with uh, Daniel McCarty over there for the first two weeks. Logan, how'd you enjoy it? 
It was wild, Smithy. Very, very long, busy days uh, producing. You know all the content coming out of uh, France, not just in Paris, but also in Lyon uh, a couple of times. Plus in Toulouse, love that place. I definitely want to go back there. But it was awesome. I, I know McCarty, he worked really hard too. We both had a great time. Hopefully we did uh, SNZ proud and uh, we did get some lovely messages uh, from from people who had been enjoying the content. So great to see that people were enjoying it and, uh, you know, the time well spent, money well spent. Um, the only thing that I don't like about it, Smithy, is how long it takes to get there. <laughs> it's like 30 hours, mate. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, so you go... Um, I mean, there's various ways to get there. You you go through um, the Asian way. Did you go Asian or did you go yes. through the American side of things? Yeah, oh, I wish we did. Uh, no, we went, so there we went via Melbourne, then Dubai, and then Paris. And on the way home, it was just, oh my God. Uh, it was Toulouse, Paris, Dubai, Auckland. Uh, <laughs> getting out of uh, Paris was an experience, a very expensive experience. Uh, McCarty, I'm sure he might fill you in on it uh, if you guys have a little chat before you go away for the uh, Cricket World mm. Cup, Smithy. Uh, yeah, some rude French people, a lot of amazing French people, Smithy. Like I say, Toulouse was awesome. We met some great people there. One of my favourites, though, came from New Zealand and he stuck out like a sore thumb because he was wearing his Warriors jersey. Peter, Peter Kinneroo from Topol. Topol represent your double park, Pete. Oh, you have to, you know. <laughs> you hit me busy, those lights can be big. <laughs> Who are you here with? Are you by uh, yourself? My niece is over there somewhere. You're, you're, but... a, you're a trusting uncle. <laughs> <laughs> How good. Hey, we'll see the fridge in the final. I like the sound of that, Peter. How good has it been from a fan's perspective? It's been awesome. It's been bloody awesome. I've enjoyed my time. I got couple more days in France, then I'm off to Italy, go to Germany, catch up with the sister. Oh, Pete, what a trip, mate. <laughs> you have to find some time to watch the wires, though, oh, don't no, you? No, no, you got to do that. got to do up the wires. <laughs> and, of course, uh, that that love and the feeling for the Warriors, of course, uh, went throughout Smithy. A lot of Kiwis around, which was awesome to see. Uh, we tried to um, get an up the wire sign uh, submitted to the Louvre, uh, so hanging proudly there next to... Uh, Miss uh, Mona Lisa but sticking with Toulouse there Smithy like I said they Mm. love their rugby the bookshops are adorned with books of rugby and there's one man in particular that they love Um, of course uh, speaking about Anton Dupont who had a facial fracture injury there on the weekend Smithy hope that uh, things go right there his recovery because he obviously means a lot that to that nation to the point he's the second most important person in that country behind the president there's one uh, very passionate French fan that we bumped into in Toulouse absolute champ who we got here come on in hello what's up guys what's your name my name is Pierre Pierre where are you from I come from France I love France I hope we will win the World Cup so much guys it's my dream yes definitely is my dream I love Dupont, every guys. I love so much guys. Everyone loves Dupont. You have everyone, to love Dupont. We, love, in we live in Toulouse, so everyone yeah. loves Dupont in Toulouse. Yeah, of he, course. He's a superstar, isn't he? He's like Thierry Dussetoir. <laughs> Definitely. He's like Dan Carter. Where are you from, guys? We're from New Zealand. Oh, he's like Dan Carter. He's like Richie Marco, guys. I love so much. I love that, Smithy, putting uh, DuPont in the same uh, billing there as Dan Carter and Richie McCaw. Dan Carter came out uh, at Stade de France for the opener to unveil mm. Bill Webellis. Amazing. Uh, and, Smithy, the only thing I can also add to that, it was actually my first All Blacks game 
that I've attended. Wow. Yeah. So, um, Hard to beat. wasn't a great result. Wasn't no. a great result, but the who's who of world rugby was there. And I, I tell you, Carter's huge, obviously. I mean, that to me was recognition of just how big Dan Carter is um, because, you know, I can't imagine that uh, if we were to host another Rugby World Cup, and I'm not sure we ever will be able to afford to, mm. um, I can't imagine Anton, Antoine Dupont walking down the tunnel at Eden Park to open it up on our <laughs> behalf. So uh, I just can't. I'm sorry, I can't. I, I just see... I mean, that, that guy, I, my eyes just about bulged out of my head when I thought, that's Dan Carter, isn't it? What's he doing here? Uh, you know, I would assume I got to seen him in a corporate box or sitting in a seat somewhere, but no. Opening the trophy up, as you say, Bill, that was, revealing Bill, that was uh, beautiful. Yeah, pretty so, special. Um, I, I guess uh, here's the big question. Hmm. Should the All Blacks manage to get through to the semi in the final? <laughs> Are you uh, getting your passport out again? <laughs> uh, I think the official word is... 50-50. We'll, we'll see, Smithy. Uh, like I say, that trip to get there and back is, is a killer. You know, I'm a family man. I, lo- I love my daughter and I do, did miss my daughter and my wife. But it was amazing to be over there, something I've never been able to do before. So really cool. McCarty, awesome to work alongside. And of course, Smithy, uh, you're jetting off to India to where cricket is everything. I know you love commentating at Lords, but what's it like to mm-hmm. go over to India where cricket is just the world over there? Well, it's uh, absolutely fanaticism and it's very best when it comes to sport. In fact, it goes past fanaticism. It becomes very much desperate. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back into that environment. The, they are wonderful people over there, um, the Indians, when it comes to uh, looking after you if you're involved in cricket. Uh, it should be a, a terrific trip. A lot of games. I've got uh, 19 games uh, already lined up in the space of uh, around about uh, 50 days uh, of travelling around India to many, many different venues. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, um, working with Dooley again, a number of great commentators from around the world joining awesome. forces and World Cups are brilliant. So I, I'm so uh, looking forward to that. But that's not for a couple of days yet. Uh, I think I'm on deck on Friday in a place called Hyderabad. So uh, I travel and uh, get straight to Hyderabad and straight into my work. So um, that's cool. Um, thanks for that, uh, Logan, and um, nice to have you home. Uh, let's have a look at uh, Pete saying, look, uh, goes deeper. So uh, bring back Dave Rennie and Raylene Castle. Um, Chris uh, says, uh, <coughs> Smithy, all, all the ex-Wallabies were celebrating when they sacked Dave Rennie for Eddie Jones. And now, uh, as you say, uh, what are they talking about now? Uh, they're saying it. you have to go very deep into Australian rugby. Uh, you know the old saying, it could be a blessing in disguise. Well, you don't want to f- use a World Cup defeat and a record defeat and also an early exit def- uh, defeat uh, for the sake of saying um, you know, it might be a blessing in disguise. But uh, in five years' time, we might be thinking it's the best thing that happened to Australian rugby. We might. But I keep us, uh, coming back to this point. Uh, is that a shot over the bow for us? Um, you know, when you look at what they're going through in terms of lack of interest, in terms of trying to put teams together at junior level, the importance of the game, I just wonder if this is a slight shot over the bow that we should be taking notice of and not be arrogant about. It is uh, 11.51, and just finally, um, look, uh, and it starts at club level, doesn't it? Rebuilding starts at club level. And that might be on your actual playing surface. So PGG rights and turf. They've put together this magnificent package. They really have $20,000 worth. Absolute genius. Um, and you, all you have to do to be in the running is put your story together of why you feel your club or your, your local community uh, should have an upgrade 
on your facilities. $20,000 worth of the turf in itself, PGG Rights and Turf. Head to the win page here on SCNZ website or the app to enter and you'll have a great chance of coming up with a magnificent paddock, paddock to play rugby on and it would be superb, superb if you want. So go there, give it a go.